You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. the last two games here at home you've blown them out you had points in Boston where you were doing the same thing these are four games in which you guys have either won them or you've dominated what uh, does this say about the series moving forward um that you know we we, we right there uh, like you said the first game we was up 20 in the first quarter and we was up 15 and 16 in the second half uh we just got to keep putting our foot on the pedal and keep pressing forward um we, we the better team and we feel like we've been the better team so you know we go out there and we play like that I think we get the wins and that was Markeith Morris keeping it real like he does. The Wizards are feeling all kinds of confidence. And why the hell wouldn't they? 121-102. The series is now tied 2-2. Two to two. It does not feel like a t- tied series, tied dive. It feels like one team is way better than the other one. We said this as much after Game 3. There's home court advantage that goes for the other team, meaning the Celtics. So that's not that can be dismissed. But after four games, I mean, damn. The Wizards are looking like the Warriors. At least these last two games. Uh, too much? Did I, get, did I get too far already? 30 seconds in? All right, fine. The, but, I mean, come on. If you tell me a team had a 22-0 run mm-hmm. and, in one game, and the next game they go for a 26-0 run, and I said, you pick, what team did that? You'd be like, well, I guess Clay and Steph went off. No, right. it was Wall and Beal and Morris and so on. The Wizards did that today in the third quarter, not the first quarter, third quarter to uh, take take control of this game and take the momentum for sure. Have we seen anything from, like, Elias of, has I, this ever happened in a playoff I, game before? I made that joke at some point, kind of hoping somebody would uh, would make note of that uh, or, or, or look into that or something. Right. Because, I mean, I, I think I was joking to you. In the first quarter, it was 12-12. to And then in game three, it was 12-12 to when they went on the 22-0 run. Mm-hmm. 12-12, I think Otto had, like, a three-point play or something. And I think I made some joke to you guys on presser. Oh, boy, here we go again. 20, another 22-0 run. And then Boston right. not only scored right then, but they took the lead. Boston actually led after the first quarter. They flipped the script in that sense. And then Isaiah Thomas, he makes his first five threes. He's got 15 points, like, less than 14 minutes into the game. It's looking like he's going to go off again. And then everything, the Wizards came back. And then in the third quarter, things went nuts. So, yeah, it's insane that – forget the win. Forget even blow. They have two runs like that. Yeah, that's great. That's crazy. Yeah, it, I think Brad Stevens was just like, uh, he had a great quote afterward about when you turn it over, you just want to punt the ball into the stands as, instead of letting them grab it and go. Yeah. Um, so damn, they know, I forgot to put that in my story. <laughs> Crap. They know. Uh, they knew beforehand that you don't want to put the Wizards in transition, and then the last two games, what have we seen twice? It, these almost unfathomable runs. You know what I did put in my story was that if you have a game and there's a 22-0 run against you, you have to think this is the worst it could be. Right. It can't get worse than this. We're not. This will not happen again in the series. Instead, the next game it got worse, and you have to. Then you have to think. So the two games we won, the other team averaged 114 points in regulation. 
And then we come to their place. They drop a 22-0 run on us one game. The next game, they drop a 26-0 run on us. How are we going to stop these guys in a seven-game series? Like, do we have to score 115 points every time to win or 120 points? And the answer at this point is probably yes. And then the next part of that equation is if Isaiah Thomas doesn't score 40, how are you ever going to get to 115, 120 points with the group that you have? So, you know, as you said, Boston has home court advantage. Boston is a top seed. Boston will play better at home. There's no doubt about that. And we also know that Boston is going to play much better at home. If I didn't already say that, the role players are going to play better there. But when Brad Stevens looks around and thinks, what is our solution to all this? He has to be vastly concerned at this point. Um, Beyond the midpoint of the series, when the most abundant thing that is clear is that they can't figure out a way to stop the Wizards from scoring. Uh, If you can't tell, we had to shift locations. This is, I think, our (laughs) third location. We're back, actually back out on the court because random noises started going off in this building. In any event, uh, I I think this is one of those times where I was so excited to start talking. I don't even think I said this is the Locked on Wizards podcast. Ben Sandick here with Todd Dibers from the Washington Times. You should, of course, read uh, Todd's work at the Washington Times. And actually, today I'm going to promote my own stuff because I have two articles up in the Boston Herald. But I did write about the Wizards, so don't. And one of them in particular was about the fact the angle they wanted me to go with was, do the Wizards feel like they're in control? Well, you heard Markeith Morris's response there, and collectively they all had similar feelings. And I should also say, you know, this is another one of the who, what, where, when, why things. I think we're already well into the what, as in what the hell do we make of that game? Um, Not only did you mention, does Boston have to do all these things? Do they have to score 115? Do they have to? How can they do it if Isaiah doesn't score? The 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 theme that everybody's focusing on was these quick starts by the Wizards. Boston turned that off, off today. They were the ones who were leading after the first quarter. And I thought yeah. to myself, oh boy, Wizards don't have a lead after one. What what's going to happen now? And then John Wall starts 0 for 9 from the field, and you're like, oh boy, yeah. now that's going to be trouble. Then John Wall said, oh, hey, by the way, I'm the best player in this series. He scored I think 14 in the second, just like that. Like, he just turned it on, started scoring quickly. Uh, the Wizards tied it at halftime. Boston Should have scored. had the lead. <laughs> Should have had the lead. Gortat, uh, Mr. Bunny, put back at the buzzer. Sorry, Markson, if you're listening. Uh, anyways, Boston scores the first five points of the, the third quarter with Amir Johnson doing his only notable contribution of the game uh, in that stretch. And then the, the, run, the run began. I think it was something like Wall, Beal, and Morris had uh, – the Wizards scored 42 in the quarter. I think those three had 34 points. It was just, um, it, it was just crazy. By the way, I'm gonna get this right off the bat, so we can put this to bed. If anybody's wondering, this had zero to do with Kelly Oubre suspension. Please, nobody think it did otherwise. We're getting right to they're up 21 last game. It was cute that Ted and his uh, son, the owner the team, wore uh, Oubre jerseys similar to 2014 when they wore Nene jerseys when he was dealing with one game suspension, also in a game four. Fantastic. Have fun with it. Enjoy it. The crowds chanted his name. The Wizards, of anything, showed today at home. It worked out for them. They, If there's an area where they don't need, where they had depth, it's that spot. Otto had another big game today with, what, uh, 18 points. Uh, Bogdanovich had 13. 
So they filled in. So anyway, we don't have to mention Kelly Oubre anymore. Uh, I will say, though, that from Ever? I'm going to guess we'll mention him for the next game when he returns. Okay. Uh, but this game did not have this nearly the same amount of chippiness. And my did my one thought on the Uber suspension was it may have been a message from the league oh. to say to these guys, hey, look, you guys are getting out of hand. Eight techs in the last game, but the tension's building. There wasn't any of that. Isaiah Thomas had a frustration technical late. late yep. and we'll get to him in a second. But this game didn't have that same tone. What it did have was that same run and the same outcome at Dominant Wizards win. Yeah, I it. It didn't. It didn't have that. I don't know if that was a, like the first half was kind of a slog. You know, it was 48-48 at the half. Um, Washington started with an 8-0 lead, but as Brad Stevens said, excuse me, after the game, he thought about calling timeout there, but he didn't because, and anybody watching and who has been watching this series could tell that that wasn't the same as the start, the good starts in the other first quarters earlier in the series. Some of those cha- some of those shots were challenged. There were more difficult looks. Boston's defense was clearly better than it was in those other opening quarters. Um, so he kind of stuck with it, and as he said, they took the lead. John Wall waking up will be the uh, kind of underreported part of this story because the the run was such an avalanche. Um, but that that was crucial for him to come back around, and it was crucial for the Wizards to hang around. Bradley Beal finally had a good game from the field shooting wise um it's yeah. crucial at one point i think i noted that they were only down seven in the second quarter isaiah thomas had 17 points already and wall had zero so you figure that's going to level at some point at, at, at the least wall is not going to go scoreless so uh that's what we saw happen in, 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 but just in extremes wall ends up going crazy the team ends up going crazy isaiah thomas is basically locked up for what 70 percent of the game it was a i think with 254 to go in the second quarter he had 15 points already and then he scored four the rest of the way um which was pretty amazing and shot zero free throws something he was i would say rightly upset about i don't i don't know how he doesn't go to the free throw line once right well um, in a game all right well, we'll come back to him in, in a second but yeah bradley beal led the wizards to 29 wall 27 and 12 Otto 18 marquee 16 and 10 uh, that's 32 points in two games for Bogdanovich off the bench. Yeah, I mean, the Wizards shot 52.4% from the field. They were a wreck early. Um, they were also way too many turnovers for them. But by the end of the game, it evened out. Boston had nine turnovers um, in that second quarter. Um, all right, let's get to the why of it all. As in, we just mentioned Isaiah Thomas. Why can't IT get off shots? The craziest – of every stat you're going to hear about this game, whatever, the craziest one for me – he starts the game five for five from three. He did that within the first 14 minutes of the game. Yep. It's looking like a long night, or at least he's going to go off. Yep. He took one more three-pointer the rest of the game. I'm not saying he didn't, like, I'm not saying he missed eight in a row. That happens. He only took one. That is insane. I, I guess you have to say it's insane defense to, 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 to deny him the ball, to have people all around him. And uh, Markeith Morris, who was just dropping great quotes all over the place today, uh, when asked about how they've been able to sort of slow Isaiah Thomas down the last two games, he said, like, he said, like, he's a small guy, so at the end of the day, if you get three players around him, how can you make a pass? How can you make a shot? It's basically what we've been doing, just trying, you know, to get the ball out of his hands. Hopefully the other guys miss like they've been doing. Um, it sounds simple, but this is, to go back to a conversation you and I had earlier in the playoffs, that Boston doesn't have another guy that if Isaiah Thomas is off, 
like even though Brad has been off, Bradley Beal has been off these last uh, games two and three. John Wall was still going to town. You you focus too Otto's much on played very well. Right, yeah. you focus too much on John. Then you got, then then Brad. You know, at least you have those two, if nothing else, and then you kind of go from there. Yep. The Celtics don't have that second guy, and it's been shown in this series that. But anyway, uh, you know, Mark Keith mentioned putting three guy, two three guys around him. Did you? Your uh, Nexus knows Maven. Did you notice anything <laughs> from your perch uh, that was in particular, or no? I think I think they've done the past two games. They've done a much better job of initial denial with him. Once he get once they get it out of his hands, he has a really hard time getting it back. Um, I think the bigs have done a much better job of coming higher and showing harder against him, and kind of and then being able to recover. And if he gets it out of there real fast, and they rotate it and they get it to a diving big man, so be it. Um, I think they're going to live with Jay Crowder and Marcus Smart shooting threes. I think there's no doubt about that. And, you know, and also, you know what else I think is a major factor here is Al Horford, someone who I think most people really like the versatility of his game and the demeanor and have never envisioned him as a leading man, but as a supporting person on a good team, right? But at this point, that personality and those things are working greatly against the Celtics because they gave him a max deal and he comes up with 11 points and five boards in 32 plus minutes in the playoffs when Isaiah Thomas is getting swallowed up. You know, being a center and being a center who plays how he plays, I mean, is he going to shoot 12 threes for them to be to, for, to be a viable second weapon? I mean, what? It, what it, how are they going to deploy him? He can't. He's not going to put it on the floor all the time and get other guys in trouble. He's not, you know, not an attacking wing. Um, frankly, they don't have any attacking wings, which is also another major problem. So, it's interesting to see that they decided, look, we're going to sell out on Isaiah. He killed us for 53 points when we tried to play it a little more even and we'll see how that works it worked here i'm curious how well it will work in boston there was the game right where he was what one rebound shy of a triple double up there but you're right it almost feels like he's playing most of that work was fourth quarter work like at halftime remember he was pretty quiet and there was a lot of grumbling up there about where's al horford and wasn't that was, was that the game morris got hurt Yep. Right. So, so the Wizards didn't have him. They had to use Gortat on him, and they did eventually take advantage of it. But you're right; it does feel like, and I think this was like in terms of Horford leaving Atlanta, it did kind of feel like, I, I think they were mistaken to, to bring in Dwight Howard, but it did feel like they were like, you know what, we, we, this isn't working. The, Al Horford's a great player. It's not working with him as one of our two leading men. We're gonna do something else, even if all, I think what they did was ultimately the wrong call with Howard. But on the flip side, I, I think with Boston, I mean, this is sort of veer to them in this discussion of why didn't they make that move at the deadline, I think they view Horford as the third guy, mm-hmm. but they didn't get the first or second guy yet. And maybe that comes this year if they get the number one pick, or maybe that comes if they package something to get one of these trades. But, right, he's not giving them – I mean, Marky, if it, similar to that Atlanta series, if Marky Morris is playing equal to Paul Millsap, the Wizards are going to win. If you're telling me Gortat and Morris to some degree or at least match at Horford, the perception of what they are, well, that's a, that's wins for the Wizards. Sure. Um especially when you have the wall be old backcourt, even Isaiah Thomas is. And Avery Bradley has not played out well offensively here. You know, for he's always been an excellent defender. Um, I, I give him a lot of credit for they put him on wall to start tonight, and wall had a terrible beginning of the game. Um, and I think a lot of that had to do with Avery Bradley. But 
the next step for Avery Bradley to become an all-star, theoretically, was that he became a much more confident offensive player, and that hasn't come through in this series either. So it's interesting to see where they're going to turn and how, they, how they're going to figure that out. Again, Brad Stevens still does not have a fifth starter. We played four games in the Eastern Conference semifinals, and he can't for the life of him figure out who the hell to put out there with the other four guys. Well, and, so- and, and frankly, as someone who thinks he's a really good coach, which I think a lot of people think, um, I'm extremely baffled why he keeps going between Gerald Green and Amir Johnson. Neither can do anything in well, this series except get abused um, defensively. And as I asked Markeith Morris, since those guys are kind of going up against him, I said, well, what do you make of the fact that Boston can't figure out a fifth starter? And his, his response was, it's a lose-lose situation either way. <laughs> I told you. Which is abundantly accurate. So I don't know why they don't just sell out and go small with Smart or that they put Kelly Olynyk, someone who's been productive. I'm sort of curious, what spot. happened to Tyler Zeller? I thought he was reasonable. My, I mean, my, I'm not saying he's an all-star, but I thought he was like a half-decent player. By the way, there's now more noise behind us because yes. it feels like no matter where we go. But when Verizon I, Center is an unstoppable noise factory. Right. In fairness to them, there are people cleaning here out in the arena because everybody, 20,000 people made a mess. But uh, this was a sellout, right? I don't actually think – maybe I missed the memo when they came by and told us, did, did they? I don't know, but you know how I feel about the quote-unquote sellouts around here. So, uh, in any event, if it, hopefully it was a sellout. I, I assume it was, but um, in any event, uh, well, just a t- well, last thing on Isaiah Thomas, and I suspect this will be. There's two games, in, two days in between game five on Wednesday. My guess is the Isaiah Thomas defense will be the talking point as Boston tries to shift. <laughs> That's what I'm already, yeah, I'm already writing about that. And so his response was, morning. "What, what, on what was different about the Wizards' defense? Quote: They were very physical." They were very physical. The refs were allowing them to hold and grab and do all those things. I think, I mean, especially in the third quarter, I may have hit the ground five or six times. Uh, he said more stuff. So that, that's, wait, wait, keep going because it, what's right after I may have hit the ground? Oh, I'm not the one that likes hitting the ground. So like, I think it's gonna be got to be called okay. differently. What would he say? I'm not the like. I'm not the one who likes it. He but, actually said, I'm not the one who likes to fall down. Oh, that's not what this says. But oh, okay. And hit, yeah. Right, who likes to fall down? Who's always on the ground with oh, his hands in the oh, air. Oh, John? <laughs> yeah, I took that as a direct dig at John Wall. Fair, fair enough. I, I, uh, I was, uh, while, while Isaiah Thomas was going on, I was talking to Stephen Jackson about... Uh, about uh, Priorities. Hey, man, Stephen Jackson, uh, I don't want to put it all out there in the world, but I had some good Stephen Jackson stuff. I will say, uh, similar to what I did the other day where I put a bunch of... Uh, Interviews together for a guy I called it what Wizards Potpourri for a hundred. Uh, Stephen Jackson, Glenn Consor, who else did I talk to? Oh, Ralph Wesley, the voice of oh, the yeah, Wizards. Ralph. Um, I'm blanking at the moment, but some other good stuff, I promise. Uh, anyway, uh, let's get to the uh, next thing, the who of it all, as in who was the X factor? You know, I'm tempted to just say John Wall because even though that's insane to say he's the X factor, but I, we were about five or six questions into Scott Brooks's presser and I scribbled on a piece of paper to you has anybody asked about wall yet because that was like the thing he at oh you know to go starting from 0 for 9 it wasn't just that he then scored 14 in the quarter it's the way he did it he did it in an FU way he did it and I'm gonna spin run dash dart dribble past all y'all and you're not doing much about it and he got all that going and that spurred them on then in the third in the third quarter he still kept going I mean he basically had did he have all his points in the second and third quarter I think he did based on he had 27 points. So. Yeah, so I think I think he did. Um, he had 14 in the second quarter. 
and he had. I'm pretty sure he had 13 in the fourth, third. 13 in the third. Yeah, so he had yes. all his points in the second and the third quarter, which is obviously. He had 13 and five in the third quarter alone. Which is Isaiah had 13 in game three total, or game three altogether. Um, in any event, like, you know, look, we, we, we talked about the player who was suspended. We won't mention his name again because I said we won't. Bogdanovich had a good game, but he didn't. It took him a little bit. He didn't have. I think he had most of those points, um, sort of Late. semi later in the game. Other than that, the Wizards. You know, I think Jan Mahimi had a fine, had another reasonable game. Of uh, even that sort of defensive mode. Uh, you know, Brandon Jennings. Uh, you know, you take the good, you I take do the know. bad. It wasn't great, but there you have Brandon Jennings. <laughs> anyway, that's my facts of life song. Uh, but, but anyway, and, uh, you know, there wasn't a ton after that, but this was a game where that, you know, the starting five, in particular that backcourt, to, you know, got, got going. So, you know, I don't, again, I don't think Wall, Wall's the quote-unquote true X-Factor, but it's late. We, we're, we're trying to get out here and go drink. I'm going John Wall X-Factor. I'm going Amir Johnson. <laughs> yeah. Because, again, they can't – I tweeted this during the game, right? How many times do we hear basketball coaches say, if all five guys aren't doing the same thing defensively, then – it's screw, you get screwed up, right? If you got four out of five, that's not enough. And the Celtics constantly find themselves in a situation where they have four out of five, and whether that's Amir Johnson or Gerald Green. When Gerald Green was inserted in this game, when Stevens had no other options left, he was demolished defensively too. So I'm going to go with, I'm going to call it Gerald Johnson as my X factor. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it really is crazy. I mean, I sort of get Brad Stevens pregame when asked why he was going back to Amir Johnson said, we thought about it for a couple of days and we decided we want to get our, the best version of ourselves out there. He had said previously when we went back to Gerald Green that he basically wanted to keep the bench, bench intact. intact. Right. And look, the, Wizard, the, the Celtics in theory have advantages on the bench, at least just when you consider the pieces they put out there, sort of, except for the fact that it's not like they're really bringing any offense off the bench. So the, the Wizards have at least, oh. you know, Bogdanovich and, you know, and, and Mahimi, now with Mahimi, I think that makes a big difference. So, right, and the bench points here are going to be misleading because of how the game went. Like, Rozier and Olenek combined for 30, and Bogdanovich had 13, and the Wizards bench as a whole only had 25. So that's going to seem more skewed than it was in reality. The fact did you just was, add that up right then, or did you already, had you already done that before? No, I just added it up. Wow. Todd is so, like a beautiful mind guy over here, because I've been <laughs> looking at the box score, and I was like, I was, doing the, I was about to take my shoes off the count. Anyway, go ahead. Um... And so that's going to look a little weird. Rozier scored quite a bit late. Um, I, I really like him as a player, as you've heard me say while we've been sitting here. But that's a discussion. Oh, yeah, he's, he's definitely a Todd Dibas all-star kind of guy. All yeah. defense, all grit, and we don't know if he can shoot. Yeah, I, yes, for, for playing, uh, to make this clear, I've claimed that Patrick Beverly and Tony Allen would be my starting backcourt if I was operating a franchise. So, right. yeah, there would be no scoring. Um. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, we've said this a hundred times. It's bizarre the Celtics can't figure out a fifth starter, but you know, hey, the Wizards are taking advantage of it uh, as best they can. Um, let's get to Next. the where of it all is and where do things go in Game Five? Um, I kind of already mentioned the Isaiah Thomas thing. I mean, look, zero free throws and one three-point attempt in the last 34 minutes. That is that's gonna. I, I expect some different kind of officiating with, with Boston's crowd up there for sure. Um, and you know, one one thing we didn't mention, the Wizards really avoided foul trouble. It feels like maybe for like the first time oh, yeah, in like right. all in the whole playoffs. Um, so you know, I think probably those two things, how they continue to defend Isaiah while simultaneously avoiding foul trouble, they they, they will in theory get Ubre back. Um, 
it'll at least give them more options. Yep. Uh, Sadoransky played a couple minutes, and you know he he made uh, two shots, but you know you know he, he had an and one. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, he did have a nice drive. He's always like I said, he's always he's always amped up and ready to go. But yeah, I guess for me in terms of game five. The Isaiah Thomas situation, what's the conversation for these next two days, I think, can shape that, as well as can the Wizards, especially Markeith, avoid foul trouble. Uh, if you keep Markeith on the court, then that Amir Johnson, Gerald Green thing is a problem. If you take Markeith off the court, and now you're either going small with Bogdanovich or Oubre, or you're going with Jason Smith, yeah. it's not the same thing, and Boston could change things up on their end. That's why the sprained ankle is such a big deal. I, I, I thought like people didn't fully comprehend that if Markeith can't play, say for two games in a row, this is a massive influence on the series. Instead, he gutted it out. He looked even better tonight. Uh, we didn't see the real fat wrap on his left ankle that we had been seeing. Um, so, and, and he's got another two days off coming up here. Oh, I also uh, talked to Jerry Brewer about his auto port article. Sorry, go ahead. And, and uh, so, you know, the two, I think that if you think back to the, Game three being a blowout, and so they and they were able to shut down some minutes, and then have two days off, play today, shut down some minutes, have another two days off. I mean, the minutes weren't as reduced as the other night, but this is what John Wall. If yet if there was a perfect scenario for Wall and Beal in these two games, <laughs> win both games, backtrack their minutes some, enjoy two days off between each game, um, and that's what they found themselves uh, dealing with here with the series tied to two. All right, last question, maybe the most important question. Oh. Be prepared. This will be uh, brought up again. This will be on the test? Yes. When, the when of it all is in, when do you think the series ends? It's two to two for those of you not doing math at home. Game five is in Boston. Game six would be here. Game seven would be back in Boston. By the way, all three of these last games, I believe, will all start at eight o'clock if they happen, which is a downer for us. But any event, what do you think, Todd? Would you like me to go first so you're not on the spot? What would you like? No, I'll go first. I mean, I, I, I always have trepidation when picking the home team uh, for the mere reason that I don't want to appear as a homer. And let's and let's also say that neither team has won a road game this yeah. whole season, including the regular season. The Wizards are 0-4 in Boston. Yeah. Boston is similar here. Yeah, but I, I think the way the Wizards played in the first two games – much you know less so i think game one was the only anomaly game of this series i think that game two the wizards had every chance to win that game i mean it, from, from even backtracking from beal missing that final shot beal and wall both missed on the final possession those two threes the Ubre three and the foul underneath remember all that was wiped out and that would have i think put them up 10 Instead, it swung it back, and then Boston scored that next possession. That altered the game. There was a bunch of stuff um, that, A, you know, certainly Isaiah Thomas went crazy, so full credit to him. But there was so much opportunity to win that game. I think it's become pretty clear that they have a very, very good shot winning there on Wednesday. Um, And I do think if they come back here on Friday that they would be able to end the series then. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to say that they need to win game five. I think they kind of, though, need to win game five. Because yeah. game seven in Boston, I mean, yep. just because of what that means. I mean, it, John Wall will have to legitimately turn into one of the five best players in the game for them to win, most likely, right? Which is not saying it's not possible, but it's, the levels he's reached, it'll be another one. 
Your they, chance to win game five versus your chance to win game seven up there, I think, are distinctly different. And uh, one of the things I wrote for the Boston Herald was about the Wizards being better at home this year. And I found this Marquise Morris after the game three. He said about what was the difference at that point between the two games of Boston uh, that they held on to these big leads. He said, quote, it's different when you're when you're at home. We got the whole crowd behind us. They don't have no crowd to get momentum. We had all the momentum. And that in and of itself right there is the thing. When th- it, when when Boston, I mean, look, Boston had, to, had a good run in the first quarter to get them going. They... Uh, in the beginning of the second half, they scored those five quick points. You do that at home, the, it's a different story now. Scott Brooks is calling timeout. The crowd's yelling a lot during the uh, d- during the break. Who knows what uh, Who knows what they're all saying? The what they're putting up on the jumbotron. They're showing, uh, you know, I don't know what the what you know Rocky uh, do, whatever the Belichick. Whatever, yeah, what, whatever. That's what they went with in game two. Right. Like, you know, who knows? Maybe Larry Bird's walking through that door for game five. Whatever the Kevin Garnett. I don't know. Whatever it's going to be. They're going to have those advantages. Uh, the Wizards won't. That's the game on some level. they got to avoid whatever those runs are, keep those runs in check. There will be runs by both sides. they got to keep Boston's in check and make sure that momentum doesn't go nuts. In those first two games, they had those huge leads early. Yes, they blew them, but they, it, it's different than if you're behind early. They That's got, what I was going to say. I mean, the, the, one of the most crucial things is, is to have a good start on the road and – We've seen good starts both on the road and at home in every game in the series. And again, if you're putting Gerald Johnson out there, you're <laughs> you're asking for the opposition to have a good start. I was just like Gerald Johnson. What series is? Oh, that's right. We have a new name for their uh, non-existing fifth starter. Uh, all right, man. Let's get out of here. Appreciate it as always. Thanks to you guys for listening. Uh, there's been a crap ton of podcasts in the last few days. More to come. So of course, if you don't already subscribe to iTunes or Stitcher, rectify that situation. That would be cool for all involved. Uh, back Monday with more. Until next time, see ya. Neal gets open for three. Dagger! Is that the new iPhone? Yeah, got it on T-Mobile. Fastest iPhone deserves America's fastest LTE network. Introducing the amazing iPhone 8. It's the best iPhone yet, now on America's best unlimited network. For a limited time, save up to $300 on the amazing iPhone 8 after 24 monthly bill credits. And now join T-Mobile's iPhone upgrade program for free. Eligible trade-in and finance agreement required. If you cancel service, you may lose promo credits. Contact us for details. Video at 480p. Small fraction of users over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speed. See store for details.